Hello, and welcome to Profession Session. I'm your host, Brody Vinson, and in this show, I interview young business owners, entrepreneurs, and professionals across all kinds of different industries that stand out as very ambitious people in their field and talk about the things that have made them so successful and drive that ambition. And if you're new to these breakdowns, I do these every five interviews that I do just to talk about the main takeaways and tips that I got from the interviews that I've done over the last five. Today, I will be breaking down interviews number 16 through 20 that I've done. So for interview number 16, I interviewed Chandler Sutton of Chin Sut Pearls, which is a jewelry brand that does pop-ups, trade shows, online selling, all kinds of stuff, wholesaling. Um, and she's been doing this for a number of years now, if you take it all the way back to the inception of her brand. And the first big takeaway I got from Chandler that really stuck out with me was just the importance of really doing grassroots work to grow a brand. What I mean by this and what it meant for Chandler in her case is she is out there doing trade shows, pop-ups, and all kinds of events that get her name and her brand out there and seen all the time. She does pop-up shows every single weekend and even has someone that does other pop-up shows on behalf of her brand that she hired not too long ago just to really get her name out there and expand. And another thing she does on the, uh, the social media side is she's always done a lot of influencer reach out and really just sends cold DMs to people trying to get her name out there and offering to give them product for free just in exchange for helping her promote it. This has worked incredibly well for her over the years that she's been doing this. She even had Simone Biles, the Olympian, reach out to her just out of nowhere without her reaching out first, just because she had heard about her secondhand from other people she knew. And that's really just out of virtue of her getting out there and putting her name out there in as many places as she possibly can. So I thought that was really important. Uh, One thing it made me think about is doing it for, for the podcast and for my own brand. It's made me a little more ambitious, I guess, about just getting my name out there and also kind of made me a little more creative about the way that I do it. So I thought that was a really awesome takeaway from that interview. Another thing that really stuck with me and went over really well from Chandler's interview was some of the unique things that she offers to help close a sale when she's doing some of her wholesaling. Um, And if you don't know what that means, that means she's offering her brand to be carried in different physical retail stores to be resold. So she sells in mass quantity to these stores on a regular basis and they resell it to their own customers. And something that she, that really stuck out that she thought of is that she offers what's called zip code protection. So these stores that she's usually selling her jewelry to are actually very competitive, especially in their local area. So she offers something where in exchange for doing a certain amount of business with her on a consistent basis, they actually are able to, a store is actually able to be the only store in that particular zip code that carries her product. And that helps them maintain kind of a competitive advantage against other stores in their local area. And she's had great success with that. So I just thought that was a really great takeaway for any kind of business. Uh, If you're trying to get your product out there, have some kind of unique offering that helps you really differentiate yourself and really 
help your customer make the decision that you are the right product for them. The next interview that I did was with Maria Elena Perez of MEP Realty Investments. This one was really cool. Maria is actually one of my office neighbors here at the studio. So we've gotten to know each other as I've moved in. And she had a lot of really interesting things to say that she was taking from her experience in the real estate industry over the last 16 or 17 years here in Orlando. One thing that was really cool, she had a, a hot take about how Orlando is the next Las Vegas. And this was a controversial take, but Floridians really loved it. I really loved it. Uh, I thought that was really cool. So that was one thing. Another thing that really stuck with me from this interview was she was talking about the criteria that she uses to determine some of the agents that she's brought on under her in her business. And some things that really stuck out with this was that she always looks for people with high moral values, high great ethics, um, and people that are really go-getters. And I think that's just a generally great thing to keep in mind if you're thinking about hiring employees or looking for business partners is that you always want to be looking for people with really great ethics that match your own and maybe even push you to be better yourself and just pe ambitious people that you know are always going to be driving and pushing and trying to do more. Those are the kinds of things that make businesses succeed and I've certainly found that in my short career so far and some of my business partners that have gone well and, and employees that have worked for me or alongside me that have really been effectual in, in the business world. The other main thing that really stuck out in this interview is she drove home this point of why she loves real estate so much and that was because it's, it's a long-term wealth builder. She used the example of her mother who came over to the country when, when Maria was young and was able to get a house at, at a certain point after having moved here and to this day has built a ton of equity in that house over the years and has stayed in it and it's allowed her to build up kind of a nest egg for herself that makes her a little bit more secure in her career and everything and i thought that was just a really great point because for anyone who's young in their career or is just thinking about buying a house for the first time it's a really good reason to do it just knowing that over the course of years and years real estate is really one of the best ways to build long-term wealth one of the most proven and long-term tested ways to do that so i thought that was a really important point as well so the next interview i did was with devin carvajal who is on the social media team for the jacksonville jaguars he's more specifically he's the graphic designer for the team but he actually wears a bunch of different hats it's a very fluid kind of team where everyone's kind of on deck helping out with all kinds of different stuff so he had a lot of interesting experience to share from his time there and one thing that i asked him that i got a really cool answer from him for was he's told me that he considers himself a creative and always has and that's kind of what drew him to his current role and and what he's doing now and so I asked him what being a creative means to him personally. And his answer was essentially to him, being a creative means that you look at a situation or you look at a problem and you see multiple solutions. You see multiple different ways of attacking that problem or that situation. And you're able to bring those to fruition in interesting and innovative ways. And I, not only is that incredibly encouraging, if you consider yourself a creative, it, it just means that 
you're probably going to be able to to do well in a lot of different areas and could find yourself being successful across many industries. So there's a lot of options for you. But I just thought it was it was a really cool take that I had not heard before. So that really stuck with me. Another awesome point that Devin drove home was just about confidence being key. He was an incredibly confident guy. And if you haven't seen his interview yet, you should go check it out. It was, it was really inspiring just how much confidence he has in himself and his abilities and the industry that he works in. And I think that plays a huge part in the, just the level of incredible work he's been able to do for the Jaguars and in some of his other endeavors. And he really drove home this point a little further just to say that owning what you do and being confident in your profession can take you really, really far. People see that and that attracts employers, it attracts business partners, and it, it gives you a lot of options. If people see that you're confident in what you do, it's gonna take you very far in business. The next interview that I did, I actually traveled to Nashville partially for this interview. This was with Heather Carpenter, who works for Universal Music Group. And she worked for a while in their marketing department and now works in a little bit more of a, a radio sales role. And if you haven't checked out this interview yet, it's fascinating. I actually learned a lot about the inner workings of the business behind the music industry she's gotten to get a very deep look at it. And so if you haven't checked that out, go ahead and check it out because it was very fascinating if you're a fan of music. But aside from just learning a lot of a cool, interesting new things about the music business industry, Heather had some awesome stuff to say about time management. She's found herself in a position where she it's a very unique role in the sense that she's juggling a lot of different things. Part of her role over the, the past year or so that she's been with them has been, and in some of her previous roles actually, has been really just that of someone who's able to bring a lot of things together and keep things flowing and keep things on schedule. And so with that comes just obviously juggling a lot of different things. She's very, very busy all the time. And one thing that really stuck with me, actually so much so that I do this myself now a lot of days, is just using something as simple as the iPhone Notes app and making a to-do list for every day of the week, uh, maybe every weekday for you, or if you're typically working every day, then making one every day. And just making a, a new heading, a new note with a new heading for that day, making a to-do list of the things that you have to do. I've started doing this maybe maybe half the time now, um, and I've found myself a little more productive because of it, I would say. And another thing that she said, kind of harping on the same point, but she sometimes will make a to-do list for the week if she especially finds herself with a lot of things to do and actually splits that up over a few days. And it leaves her a little bit more fluid. You know, things always come up when you're busy and the day doesn't go exactly how you thought it was going to go. But this allows her to really still accomplish a lot of the things she needs to without overwhelming herself too much in one day. So that's something I've kind of kept in mind too. The way I kind of implement this myself is I'll make a to-do list and if there's something I don't get to, I don't beat myself up about it too much. I just kind of carry it over to the next day, maybe the next day after that, and eventually it gets done. Another really cool conversation that Heather and I had during our interview was we kind of connected on this point of both having lost our fathers young 
her much younger than me. So she, you know, she went through a lot of challenges with that. And the, the main point that she wanted to drive home through this was that you can really, you can look at those situations in a couple of different ways. I mean, you can let that kind of take you down and defeat you, or you can really just power through things like that. You know, personal tragedies that you go through or difficult circumstances. You can just power through those and really try to grow through them and let them elevate you and take you to the next level that you need to be at and find deep purpose in them. For her, it was that she was an only child um, and her father passed away. And for her, she feels like she's really responsible for carrying on her father's legacy. And uh, that carried a lot of weight with me too. I feel I'm not an only child, but I feel very responsible for carrying on my father's legacy as well uh, between my sister and I. And it's a, it's just a great point about how you can find purpose and a driving force through such a tragic thing like that. The final interview of this set that I did, the 20th interview overall, was actually with my cousin JP. I traveled for this interview as well. So this one was actually in Chicago, Illinois, where he moved to earlier this year. And besides just being my cousin, JP was actually someone I considered to have been my mentor getting into the space of digital marketing, which I still work in to an extent, I would say, especially with this podcast. But it also really carried me to where I am in the rest of my career. It allowed me an entry point to a lot of what got me to where I am today. And a lot of the lessons that he taught me when he was getting me into it and the things that he showed me were incredibly influential in my career up to this point. So this was a really, really cool kind of full circle moment for me. And it was really cool to get to catch up with him through the rest of his career since the last time we talked. JP's background is in digital marketing. He specifically works in software as a service, SaaS for short. And he works for a company that does corporate wellness um, as a SaaS program. And he's been with this company for a while now and actually has gotten to see them grow from just kind of a startup-y type of company to now a company that got acquired by a much larger company. And he's learned a lot along the way being one of their main digital marketing guys. And he had a lot of cool stuff to say about just different tactics that you can use to grow, uh, being very data-driven, using historical data of a company and setting yourself up. If you are a business owner or if you're in the marketing department of a business, setting yourself up in a way to be successful by being able to recount on historical data of things that have and haven't worked for you as a business along the way. So a lot of cool stuff in there. Definitely check out his interview if that interests you. And uh, going back to the point of JP having been my mentor, he had great mentors along the way for himself and his career. So he had a lot to say about things that show you that someone could be a good mentor for you. The main point that stuck out to me in this particular conversation that we had was the point of finding someone who really is just willing and wanting to teach and has they have great experience to draw upon, but also really want to teach this. And he found that in his career, luckily, it, that allowed him to really be successful in a lot of the different areas that he works in, uh, both personally and professionally. 
And I certainly found this in him. You know, he was my cousin, so I knew him my whole life. But I also saw in him when I reached out years ago, this want and need to be a teacher. Looking back, it's interesting putting context to that because I think I saw that just more subconsciously at first. But he certainly was very, very willing to teach me when I reached out. And I think this made for a really great mentor-mentee relationship and just makes for something that, that if you are looking for a mentor in a particular area, first of all, you absolutely should find one. It's the best way to grow fast. But also, it's it's a great thing to give some context to what you should be looking for in a mentor. It's just someone willing and able to teach you and excited to do it. Another really cool thing, just highlighting JP more than anything here, is we talked about how he was actually part of his company winning an Emmy. And he actually played a huge role in this. He was involved pretty heavily in the ideation of this commercial that they put together for for the company promoting their services that actually won them a commercial Emmy. So just kind of highlighting him more than anything there. Check that out to hear about the story behind that because it's super cool. And, and of course you can see the commercial as well. Just another cool point in our talk there. And with that, that has been the most recent five interviews that I've done. I'm now at 20 interviews. And so you can expect another one of these videos to drop once I hit 25 already got a couple more lined up as usual and uh, getting to a couple more here in the next weeks. So stay tuned for the next breakdown video. Also stay tuned for episodes 21 through 25 coming soon. And if you haven't checked out episodes 16 through 20 yet that I talked about in this breakdown, go ahead and check those out on my channel or on podcast platforms. You can find those in the description of the video or of the podcast here. And until next time, this has been Profession Session. I've been your host, Brody Vinson. This has been a breakdown of interviews 16 through 20. And thank you so much for watching or listening. Signing out now. Thanks so much for tuning into Profession Session. I'm your host, Brody Vinson. Stay tuned for new episodes every week and short clips of deep dives into specific topics that I put out on different social media channels. We could be found on YouTube, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, TikTok, all major podcast platforms. And if you happen to know a young standout business owner, professional, or entrepreneur that you would think would be a good fit for Profession Session, DM me or get in contact with me anywhere and just let me know. And they could be the next to tell their story here. Until next time, again, this has been Profession Session. Stay focused, stay hustling, and stay networking.